Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy Thursday, everybody. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Ummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, the best of new inventory. All with great warranties. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And a fabulous service department that backs it all up with great technicians, true pros, pros, who get it done at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. We now head to the Hall of Hate for another therapy session. (laughs) You know what can use one, actually? Oh, Not only can the Cubs David Ross, as I talked about yesterday, but today we're going to talk about the Reds' Ella de la, uh, Ellie de la Cruz, who I guess had that issue with his bat knob yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah. first of all, well, if he, he takes it, they, they, he's, it's clear that he just was told to take it off or whatever. I've never seen that before, before happen. And so he gets through that, that at bat, and then he comes up later, hits like a 455-foot home run, and then he taps to the bottom of the bat and goes around the bases toward the Nationals. couple things here to set you straight. Ellie De La Cruz. First of all, you're playing the Nationals, who are pathetic. Okay? It's not like you're playing some of the top teams right now in baseball. You're playing the Nationals. So enough with the antics. Just hit the home run and go do around the bases and keep going. Because guess what? You should be smashing home runs against that team because they stink. Everybody should be hitting home runs like that. So it's not any major celebration that the actual the Valley Sports broadcast crew called and all these theatrics. Stop it. You're playing the Nationals. Enough. Just keep going and round the bases and go on with your game. Especially, too, when I've seen nobody else do this before, putting this cap on the, the bat of, the, of the, the bottom of the barrel, and the umpires have to look at it. Obviously, you don't need that barrel. So enough. And then, during that broadcast on Bally Sports... At least he's playing. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. But then we go to more of the antics of the Bally Sports broadcast crew, who... At least he's playing... (laughs) Well, yeah. That goes without saying. Instead of taking another vacation. <laughs> but then this Bally Sports broadcast, sports broadcast crew, 
is still going on and on about it, and he said he should take the cap and, ha- and sign it and give it to Davey Martinez. Now, that's a little out of line, okay? Sure, does Davey Martinez brought that on himself with his antics the last couple of weeks, which have also been a little nauseating? Sure. But you don't need to egg him on anymore. Just leave it alone. Totally unnecessary. So, everybody, cool your heads. Yeah, the Reds are playing better baseball than everybody thought they would, but, like, enough's enough. (sighs) Let's see. Am I going to complain about a guy that's out there playing? Probably a little banged up. Because he's got a knob in his bat or... Somebody's taking a mid-season vacation. Let's see here. I'm trying to think which one would make me more upset. Hmm. I can take batting practice, but I can't play in a game. I can take batting practice, but I can't play in the game. Meanwhile, this guy's mad at the guy that actually is playing. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Kind of an interesting world you live in. Oh, my almighty! Guy plaguing. Guy milking. Milking. Playing. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Which guy do I want on my team? Hmm. I'm trying to think. Which guy do you want on your team? I mean, I want the better player. But, I mean, it'd be nice if he can play. So. Yeah, but the better player is playing. He's off to a good start. We'll leave it at that. Let's see how he's doing in September. When the Reds are. If well, no, if, if, if and when the Reds the are still in contention. Playing, the fact that he's playing, he's a better player. <laughs> so, it's like he's actually out there playing. Even the guy hitting 150 is a better player right now. I can take batting practice. Huh? Hit the ball. Well, we can't DH in the game. Really? Okay. Sure. You're out there ripping guys that are playing. Yeah, but you when you're in there playing as you should be. You still got to play the game the right way. That's all I'm asking. I see. And and read the room a little. Okay. He looks like a great prospect, though. He's got a lot going with him. Um, I have not seen him play once, so I don't know. I've never seen him play. I've just read that he's off to a great start. Well, he's definitely one of the reasons why the the Reds are where they are right now. Isn't the Reds' payroll fifth from the bottom? I guess so. It's obviously less than the Yankees. (laughs) The 
GDP of Honduras is less than the Yankees. Oh, yeah. So where the Yankees are is still unacceptable. Even had a guy suspended for the year. I'm not going to get into that because it's a non-baseball issue. Um, he's, he was stinking up the place anyway, so he's not that big a loss. So they didn't like the rookie's antics, Dave Martinez said. I love the way he plays the game, though. I just didn't like his antics after he hit the home run. We could do without that. He's only got two weeks in the big leagues, but he's going to be a good player. That's a very, actually, a Dave Martinez, very classy way of saying it. You praised him for his ability, but, you know. And this is something, I, I'll, I, will, I will go into this a little further. Here at this level, Dave Tremblay is the manager of the State College Spikes. Dave managed in the majors as uh, with the Baltimore Orioles for four years. When he talks to the players, he not only talks to them about the fundamentals of playing, but about how to carry yourself as a professional. And it's interesting, Aiden Howard, who hit two home runs on the 4th of July, I believe was the first Spikes player ever to hit homers from each side of the plate in the same game. Now, one was into the bullpen right-handed. The other one was an inside-the-park home run that he hit it high off the wall and right, and he made it all the way around. He was our pregame guest, and he's only 17 years old, uh, Matt. And he he talked about what he learned in his time at State College, because he's going to be going to Dallas Baptist. And he said, he said, well, it's more than just the baseball part. He said it was all the off the off the field stuff. How to carry myself as a professional. How to interact in the clubhouse. How to interact with umpires. How to, you know, treat the game the right way. And this is from a seventeen-year-old, and that's directly from Dave as to how Dave manages. And it is something that needs to be a talking point with young players over and over again about the ability to enjoy success. I have no problem with anybody enjoying success, but the ability also to carry yourself like a pro. Because when you are out there and you're hitting 300, we praise hitting 300, and justifiably so. And we'll praise somebody hitting 50 home runs, or even 40, justifiably so, even 30, justifiably so. But there's a reality to it. That means if you're hitting 300, seven times out of 10, you made an out. If you're hitting 30 home runs out of 500 at-bats, that means there are 470 at-bats you did not. Right? That means you hit a home run on 6% of your at-bats, 94% of your at-bats you didn't when you hit 30 home runs in 500. Okay. So you have to have the ability to understand success and also understand that it is a game that brings with it a lot of lack of success. I made an out seven times out of ten. I did not hit a home run 94% of the time. 
and he needs to understand that. Now, you get emotional about stuff. Now, why, you know, about the knob of his bat and things like that? I mean, it can warp into the silliness of it. Uh, David Bell says that knob device is used to track the metrics on swings. And they say that De La Cruz's bat was approved by Major League Baseball. But you have to be able to conduct yourself as a pro. And it looks like, you know, again, I have not seen him play, so I've only read about him. But he does sound like a great prospect. But at the same time, he's a kid, and he needs to, um, like I pointed out, the professional part of it is, you know, something that's very important. I mean, he's had 110 at-bats, he's hit four home runs. That means on 106 at-bats, he hasn't. He's hitting 318. So that means that um, 682, he makes an out. He's got 11 stolen bases, though. How old is this kid, 21? Yeah, he's 21 years old. But 26 games, four home runs, 14 runs knocked in. Okay. So if that translated to a full season for him, it would be 25 home runs, 87 knocked in, a 162-game season. Hmm. Well, he's got a lot of hits the last two weeks. Let's see, how many hits does Aaron Judge have the last two weeks? Let me look there. Aaron Judge, last two. Ooh, ooh, a lot of zeros. Hmm. Is he ever going to play again? Hopefully sometime after the All-Star break. Hmm. Really? I it's hmm. a lot of time off, man. That is a lot of time off. How many games has he played this year? I mean just I'm just I'm looking, I'm just curious. Let's see. How many games he actually played? Because um, he's got, what, 19 home runs? He's played 49 games. E, that's a little low. 19 home runs, 40 knocked in in 49 games. Great numbers. 291, great numbers. But he spends too much time out. Let's see. He's played... Ding, 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 ding. 27 games, but that was a call-up. 155, 112, 102, 28, 148, 157, 49. It's going to be a fight for him to get to 100 games this year. Again. I mean, he's only played three full seasons in his career. Do you know that? 
That does sound about right. He's th- he's going to be 32 next year. He's played three full seasons. He's not going to play a full season this year. But he got his 360. Your guy. Even you had to tell your kid to sit down. No, he he just actually knows that. But Aaron Judge is still hurt. That's what he tells me. I said, yeah, that's correct. This is what you should teach him: rub dirt on it. <laughs> no, bad advice. I mean, I tell them mod- a little too macho. I mean, sometimes I tell them that, so it's okay. You tell them to rub dirt on it sometimes. I never did that. Like you know the difference between when when a kid that age oh, is actually crying and fake crying. When they do the fake cry, that's when I'll I'll bring that in there. Other than that, no, I'm usually compassionate. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it is most of the time. All right, I'll accept most of the time, sure. (laughs) All right. Ryan Snyder, next half hour, who always treats his kids with compassion, has never once told them to rub dirt on it or has not yelled at them, get themselves together. Little Luke looking up, what does that mean? (laughs) Daddy, I'm only, was he four, three? He's three. He's three. He'll be actually three and a half now, yeah. Three and a half. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> Just rub dirt on it. <laughs> All right, back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WK. Okay. Playing, playing, milking. Which guy do I want? Do I want the guy that Matt's complaining about that's playing? Or the one that he adores that is milking? <laughs> see, I'm trying to think. I will say this. If he's not back by the beginning, by the end of the month, then I'll be starting to get a little angry. A little? It's amazing how the checks never stopped. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Hey, Matt, didn't uh, Bryce Harper come back months early from a rotator cuff? I think I remember seeing that, yeah. yeah. It's amazing what real stars do. <laughs> okay, uh, today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. 
and a fabulous service department that backs it all up every step of the way at Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. With that, we bring in the outstanding Ryan Snyder from On3.com. Sir, welcome. Steve, good to talk to you. Hope your summer is going well. It is a dead period now, which means we can catch our breath over here on the recruiting side of things, uh, at least for now, but we'll see how long that lasts. Exactly, um, because I was going to bring that up right away. First of all, the month of June, starting with 2021, when they allowed on-campus visits again, the month of June has been terrific for Penn State. Uh, was it that way again in June 23? Well, terrific in results. I think if you ask Penn State's recruiting staff, it's anything but terrific. It's more hectic and needs change. <laughs> but oh, yeah. No, I I, that I understand. I know. But the, yeah, it's they, the results. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, it's the results. Right, right. Now, seven commitments, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's great, and that's what you're, you're trying to get out of it when you have almost 50 official visitors and, and everything else that, that goes on. You know, of course, multiple camps, uh, you know, Penn, Penn State, one of the guys they got, Peter Gonzalez, wide receiver out of Central Catholic, I think, um, you know, he, he's, he's one of the main storylines of June, and him coming to Penn State's camp, and, you know, there's a kid coming off an ACL injury, Everyone knew, you know, from a character perspective and, and what they've seen in previous years before the injury, that he had everything that, that you needed uh, to, to be a star at this level. But, you know, could he recover from that? And, and sure enough, you know, kid comes out and absolutely crushes it for a few days. Uh, multiple camps, excuse me, over the last month or two. So, you know, between Peter Gonzalez, Josiah Brown in New York, you have Tysier Denmark, who they flipped, uh, a kid from Philadelphia who, you know, committed to Oregon at one point. Uh, then flip to Penn State. You know, Penn State, they, they get their three main receivers. We'll see if any others hop on board. And then, then you, you get the defensive tackles going there and, and, and Xavier Gilliam and, and DeAndre Cook. Um, so, so Penn State's really happy with, with the way it, it turned out. Now, with that said, there's been a few guys over the last couple of weeks who have kind of gotten away and, um, you know, flat out, it, it feels like NIL has been a massive part of that. So there's, there's ups yeah. and downs with that. And, uh, you know they have they have another big commitment coming up this weekend here in Malachi Williams, who they, they expect to land. Uh, but then you got Benedict Ume, who may be going to Stanford. There, there's a lot of twists and turns going on right now, so it's it's an interesting time to follow all this. Yeah, uh, and I know James has look. James wants to be top ten in everything, and I'm and this is not me guessing at it. This is this is him and me talking about it. Uh, and that means top 10 in NIL. Now, I know when you talk to prospects, you're just trying to get a read on what, what they're doing, what they're thinking. In any of these conversations that you have, is NIL ever broached on your part with them or their part with you? Usually more so with parents, honestly. And I think kids yeah. are kind of still uncomfortable talking about it, if that makes sense. Now, if you read if you read stories... You won't you won't see us talk about it again a ton, just because again, like people don't want to put out details and things like that. You know, if you read our notebooks, you read the message boards more. We talk about it way more in those kind of settings. Sure. Uh, but parents, I mean, parents open up about it more, and a lot of the times it's it's parents 
defending Penn State and, and saying, hey, you know, all I hear all the time is Penn State's not doing well and, and they're happy with what their kids are receiving. Um, but then you have others who, you know, are, are hearing numbers down south that are quite honestly double and triple, you know, what they get from not even just Penn State, but a lot of the northern schools will say, a lot of Big Ten schools. Sure. And that's having a big, a big impact on guys. I mean, there are, there are players down south right now who, I mean, there, there's a couple of SEC schools, I'll say, who are offering guys $300,000 a year, you know, for as a freshman, you know, guys who aren't right. going to play. That's right. You know? That's right. So Penn State has a, a good tiered system, and, and I think a lot of schools admire the way they're doing it. Um, you know, they're, they're taking care of guys who absolutely produce on the field. You know, they're making sure everybody gets a cut, too. And I think it's a very admirable way, and it's a smart way. And I think in, in a couple of years from now, more and more schools are going to see this is the way to do it. Right. But to get there, you're going to have to you're going to have some growing pains because other schools are saying, "Hey, we don't we don't care what you do year one. You know, here's one hundred fifty thousand dollars or more." That's right, right. And, and that's 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 part of it. Uh, there's no question about that. Look, the rules are what they are right now. And I think what James wants is like, hey, look, until there are parameters in order to compete to be in the top ten, which, of course, puts you in a position to be in the college football playoffs starting next year, he feels they've got to be top ten in the weight room, top ten in the classroom, and top ten in NIL. For sure. And and, and they've... I think they've caught up when it comes to facilities. You know, James will always say there's more to do, and there is, of course, more to do, but... You know, everything else there, you know, they've, they've landed quite a few guys still because of education, you know, because of what Penn State brings. Sure. You know, they always will do excellent when it comes to relationships and those things. Um, but this seems to be the one hurdle still that is tripping them up. I mean, there's been, I'm not going to put names out there, but there's been certainly a handful of guys here over the last couple of weeks that we thought they're absolutely leaning towards Penn State. You know, the kids flat out said they're leaning towards Penn State. And then, you know, what we see often is NIL and, and just the flat-out specifics, the details of the money that's involved, it's brought up throughout the recruiting process, but those details, the, the actual numbers, are usually saved to the end, and especially when schools know that they're not winning, especially when schools know, hey, we got to do more if we're going to get this guy. So, you know, it's often the case where you do everything right, for you know, some of these recruitments are 500 plus days. You know, over over two years, right. you'll do everything right 99% of the way, um, but at the end, you know, money just flat out wins out. So, you know, we'll mm-hmm. see. It's it's you know, there, there's a reason James put that tweet out the other day. You know, asking, you know, bringing up, you know, donating to to, to their collective and stuff. I mean, there's no coincidence with that that's timing. Right. Um, and then, no, there's, you know, a right. lot of guys are about to side right now. So, Right, absolutely. Uh, you can recruit, and I think you can sign as many as you want as long as you stay at 85 or under. Uh, it seems like a common sense move. This is not what they're noted for. <laughs> but, but it's a common sense move, right, Ryan? Right, for sure, for sure. I mean, we were. I was talking with somebody the other day who – they were they were bringing up the the seventy official visit number, right, and how that needed to right. be improved because of the transfer portal. And this yeah. is a little off topic of what you're saying, but basically what I was I was talking to somebody who was like, yeah, we we 
we started suggesting this two years ago, you know, and it took them 600, 700, 800 days to, to take what we first suggested and to put it into motion. So, um, yeah, I mean, things are slowly starting to change. There, there's, there's a lot of things, though, too, with the whole oversight committee and the, the modernization committee that is making it, you know, better for the players. I mean, they're looking out for the players as far as freedom of movement and things like that, but they're making it a lot more difficult on coaching staffs as well. So there's just a massive balancing act here trying to get sorted out. And more often than not, they're, you know, they're falling in the favor of the players, which is good, right? I mean, we all, we all, I mean, I was a student, right? I could do whatever I want when I was a student. So in it, we, we want those athletes to be able to have that freedom of, that many other students have, but it's also causing headaches um, for people in the, in the different support staffs. And, hey, look, it's a major reason why a lot of people throughout Division One football right now are saying, hey, screw this, let's go, let's go to the NFL. Right. I mean, there is a right. massive uh, yeah. amount of people over the last four or five years who are just, who are, who are just kind of sick of it. So we'll see. Fortunately, Penn State hasn't had that issue, but we see it at a lot of other schools. When I've talked to Alan Zemitis, I talked to him about the ability to stack classes, right? And it's not just stacking back-to-back ones, but stack together three, four, five. Is this 2024 class, especially what they've been able to do in Pennsylvania, allowing Penn State to stack classes? For sure. For sure. I mean, especially what's funny, you know, obviously Alan does defense. Uh, but what was he? You know, he was a defensive back here. And I think, man, the, the defensive back classes in the last couple of years have been awesome. And, and this is one that's going to rank right up there with two excellent – three, excuse me, three excellent cornerbacks. You know, you have the two kids down at Mandarin in Jacksonville, John Mitchell and Antoine Bogue Shorter. You have Kenny Wosley, who I think is still one of the more underrated players in this class. And then you have two excellent safeties, uh, Babu Torre, Dewan Lane. So, you know, when you look at the defensive backs, you can really make that claim. And certainly you can make this claim at, at almost every position, really. Uh, I think offensive line, though, is the other one that really stands out to me. You know, there was, they signed four uh, four-star or five-star players last year. Of course, Stephen Williams was a five-star player. And now this year, they, you know, they have another um, true. They have four true offensive linemen. We'll see what they do with Caleb Brewer. Uh, I expect Caleb Brewer to be an offensive lineman, but you know, there's been right. talk that he could play defense too. Uh, and you know, you look at Garrett. You look at Garrett Sexton. You know, six seven tackle who can really move. You got Egan Boyer who's six eight <laughs> can really move. You know, there's been one common theme that we've really seen with the offensive line, and that's that they got to get bigger. They got to get stronger. They've always done a good job at finding guys who are athletic. But now they want to get they, they want to get the cream of the crop, right? Those guys who are a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, and oh by the way, can move as well. So when I look at when I look at this year's class and the recent years, you know, I certainly can make a strong argument for offensive line, defensive back, uh, of course running back too. I think fans already know that running back and tight end and a few other spots are just always going to be uh, excellent at Penn State. But really, I, I think offensive line is where they've been done, doing it the best, especially the last two years, and um, you know we'll see what they do in the future. How many more can Penn State take? Ooh, good question. I mean, I'll tell you what, if everything fell perfectly, right, and and obviously they've missed out on some guys, but say some of those guys changed their mind down the road, I think they could really take almost 30 or so if they really, really wanted to. Now, do I see it getting that high? Eh, Probably not. I'd still still lean towards 27 or so, maybe 28 as being kind of the realistic number, but you know, as things progress and more guys commit elsewhere, you kind of have to wait that towards the end uh, to see which coaches 
end up, you know, getting fired and players' movement and all that. And right. when you get to that stage in the process, too, you, you kind of bring in the transfer portal and the, the whispers of which guy may be leaving which school. So, you know, right now I still kind of have it. They have 21 commitments at the moment. I would still see another five to six more. feels like a, a safe number. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, if, if some of those top guys who have gotten away over the last uh, couple of months you know, decide to flip at the end, which, you know, we just saw with tights here, Denmark. Sure. Uh, yeah, they, they'll, they'll, they won't hesitate on stacking talent because they know, hey, look, you know, not only do they have a, a good amount of guys leaving this year for, for eligibility reasons, uh, but, you know, you have an Olu uh, probably going to the NFL. I mean, let's be honest, he's definitely going to the NFL or he should yeah, at least. Sure. You got Kaylin King in there. You got Chop Robinson. You know, they're, they're going to have quite a few guys after this year um, probably depart. So this is a year where they can certainly stack up on talent and then, you know, because you have some of those talented guys leaving too, I think it's also a year where they could be a little more aggressive in the transfer portal. On the uh, TV part, what got you so interested in that? You know, um, well, first off, Steve, as someone who was my one of my teachers back in the day, obviously that's what I wanted to study and got into. You know, obviously I did radio and different things like that, but I was broadcasting back in the day. So I've always mm-hmm. just been interested in just the the – Finances of that 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 realm, and and you know there was definitely a point in my life where I wanted to get into some sort of broadcasting. Well, I'm actually a broadcaster myself. I don't know, Steve. You were my teacher. I don't know if that was going to be my calling down the yeah. road, but you would have been just, you would have been fine. <laughs> but just I, I just think it's a an interesting. I'm always just interested in the money, and you know the just the appeal of it. And and look, I mean, as as things have gone on over the last year with cable and all that stuff. I mean, sports are the one thing that are not dying, and they're not showing any signs of dying. And you can no. absolutely make the case. You look at Netflix and some of these other streaming sites who want to get into sports. I mean, it's it's. I don't want to say it's it's something you you don't lose money on, right? Because there's probably examples out there of of, of uh, different contracts where they don't benefit. But um, man, I mean, there's a reason there all these companies are paying millions and billions of dollars for these uh, television rights. So. I don't know. I've always been into it. I have a good friend or two who work at some certain places too, which is, you know, obviously where we can get some information and, and, and report on those TV times and things like that that we've done over the years. But, uh, you know, if, if there was one thing that could get me away from my current job, you know, if I was able to work in that, you know, some sort of sports broadcasting and, you know, those different contracts and, and even the advertising that goes around it, that's always something I've always liked. Well, I mean, it's, I mean let's face it. One of the reasons NIL is so prominent right now is people are looking at not only how many bodies are in seats, but they're also looking at the size of these television contracts. And that's one of the reasons why people realistically look at it and say, well, why aren't the players getting some of that? Because Mm -hmm. these are not, uh, I mean, 70 to $100 million a year per school is not a small number. No. Nope. There's going to be a big balancing act, too. I mean, I think that's why, you know, you hear collective bargaining more and more. You keep hearing it just a little bit louder and a little bit louder um, from different people within different programs. And I don't know, Steve, it feels inevitable to me someday. Uh, Whether that's going to be in the near future or down the road, we'll see. But I still kind of think NIL is just the start of it. I mean, there are a lot of people that – do not want the NCAA solution of the federal government. That's why they're talking collective bargaining. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think one of the interesting caveats to really take a long look at will be when the new college football playoff contract comes up in two years. Will that include payments to players to play in the playoff? Mm-hmm. I think that's something to watch for. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm still incredibly interested in seeing what this Pac-12 deal is um, because, man, this has dragged on for four or five months now. You know, this feels like. I mean, to me, I, I was listening to you know Marshan Oren's podcast. There's, those guys are great. Yeah. Any fans are into yep. sports business. I highly suggest that podcast. And we've had them, we've had them um, both on the show. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. And just, you know, I don't remember if it was them or it was maybe one of the other ones. But anyway, I was listening to one of the sports broadcasting ones the other day. And, you know, to me, I just feel like the Pac-12 TV contract, it's not the biggest thing in all of sports. You know, you got the NBA coming up. you got some other things out there. But to me it is just because of the, the ripple effects of how it, how it can change college football. We've already seen a lot of that change, but – but man, there's just something has to be going on. You know, the fact that this hasn't kind of come out yet, and it still keeps getting dragged on and dragged on, and you know, just just when that number comes out, and then of course, as you said, the, the CFP contract down the road, it just we're just at a tipping point here, man. And it, <laughs> I don't I don't think we're done. I just I, I really see maybe it won't be this summer, maybe it'll be next or the following, but um, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult with those ACC schools. I don't know what they're gonna end up doing, but. I just, I just think we're 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 still just kind of getting started with this realignment issue, and what, what college football is going to look like uh, at the end of this decade, and what it looks like right now. I just, I don't know if it's going to be as recognizable as people, as a general fan, think it's going to be. Yeah, well, the Pac-12 is vulnerable until they get that TV deal. Texas and Oklahoma having to pay fifty million each to, just to get out of the last year of the uh, Big Twelve, the last year of the Big. Is a message to the ACC that you're stuck for a long time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yes. I mean, simple. I mean, no. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's grant of rights plus exit fee money. <laughs> when you got till 2036, how big is the number you have to come up with? Hundreds of millions. I mean, it's, yeah. I thought I saw something with like 200 plus or something like yeah. that. I mean, maybe yeah. even more. I don't know, but you are going yeah, nowhere fast. <laughs> you are going no, nowhere no. fast. You, no. you can posture all you want. Okay. I got a, I got a piece of paper that says you signed it. Okay, so for sure, prob, big problem. Ryan, thanks so much. As always, enjoy <clears throat> the dead period. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be quiet for a week or two here. But hey, we got Lash Bash at the end of the month. Penn State has another yeah. camp coming up. Uh, at the end of the month. So, um, you know, things are going to pick up fast. This just feels like the last, like, two weeks or so with no college football. And, man, media days will be here before you know it. And uh, West Virginia, 730 kickoff. Everybody going nuts to Beaver Stadium. It'll be here before you know it. Thanks, my friend. Appreciate you. Take care, Steve. Talk to you soon. Ryan Snyder on 3.com. Back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great talk with Ryan Snyder there, giving everybody an update on where Penn State is recruiting-wise at this particular stage in the dead period. Maybe that's what Aaron Judge is going through. It's it's like his own personal baseball dead period. No, I think that's pretty clear. (laughs) Except it's been longer than the college football recruiting dead period, unfortunately. Hmm. 
Well, if he may, if he plays in 51 more games, he'll get to 100. They play 162, right? That's what I was last told. Hmm. Wow. A little lean. for news, AccuWeather, and sports. Celebrating 90 years of serving the Susquehanna Valley. We are WKOK Sunbury.